Welcome to another edition of Birds of a Feather. It's AJ the Suburban Princess here chilling before I watch the Sixers game tonight versus the Bulls. Kind of sad because yet again, even though they're not doing as horrible as they could be, I just currently looked at the standings. Uh, they're number three in the Mid-Atlantic Division and number six in all of the NBA for the Eastern side. I just thought, mm, I don't want to get comfortable with hoping that they could get any higher because right now, even with the new additions, uh, supposedly now they're going to be playing tonight, Glenn Robinson the second and um, Alec Burke from the Warriors. I don't know where they're going to fit in. I don't know if, what this means for, uh, you know, the roster kind of already kind of floundering with the people that they have, but I'm hoping if anything, it adds speed because they're new legs and takes a load off of Ben and or Joel, if that's a good thing and hopefully creates more uh, three point shots that actually go in um, and gives Tobias uh, less reason to pressure himself. Although he had a pretty decent game on Friday night's game. I wasn't really watching all of that game because I was coming home from work late, but it I know it was a good ending because I saw the score and I thought, well, okay, so Memphis is not putting up a fight and Jay Morant wasn't really a threat like people thought he would be. But honestly, what I'm learning from them and the Eagles right now from watching after watching the Amazon Prime special, all or nothing, all five episodes were very emotionally draining because 2019, 2020 year turned out to be um, a huge, big disappointment, um, which could have actually went longer had Carson not gotten taken out uh, by a concussion um, due to big ass Clowney, Jadavion Clowney landing on his freaking head. But either way, that whole season had its good and bad things, but a lot of those games, um, and I'll I'll link this to the Sixers again in a minute, but a lot of those games with the Eagles uh, could have been won, and it was only a matter of the fact that they didn't have their usual suspects there in terms of defense, as well as the offensive line kept changing because people kept going in and out. Lane got hurt mid-season, then Brandon went down, and Vitae still hadn't gotten his feet, being on the right. Um, and I don't even know if Andre Dillard was even used as much as he could have been used because Jason Peters insisted on staying in there when he wasn't injured. So I'm hoping not to see Jason Peters anymore. I'm, I'm done with that experiment. I hope that he goes somewhere for the last year of his career and just plays better consistently. Um, I'm praying that, uh, Malik and all the guys on defense that were sidelined early, um, will be able to come back and can contribute a lot longer than when they did. Um, I'm praying that if Alshon does come back, that he is more effective sooner than October and more like maybe the end of September. Um, and hopefully he will, if he stays, you know, obviously dedicated to his rehab because he's already making appearances. He was at the auto show apparently yesterday. Um, I would have went had I known, but at the same time I knew that funds wise, it probably wasn't the smartest idea to go. So I didn't go to the auto show. Plus, I always have a tendency to go there and be disappointed because I feel like I see the same type of cars. But anyway, so Alshon is still making his rounds. He still shouts out Philly. He apparently was watching the Villanova game as well on Twitter so um, or tweeted that he was doing so. So Alshon's putting himself back out there again. So I think if anything, after this past Eagles season, now that it's finally over, football's done. Super Bowl has been won. Congratulations to Andy Reid again. They had their parade which seemed to not be as spectacular as the as the Eagles parade but whatever you know Andy's happy to get over that hurdle and I'm sure he's just itching to get back into the office to plan for 
this next season. So, and if you think about it right now, football is only six months away because preseason always starts mid-August. So technically, we probably won't be that uh, far from getting any news about, you know, any new draft picks. Right now, the combine is the next big hot item, and then it'll be uh, the draft. So the draft will be in Vegas this year. It'll be interesting to see how they set this up based on what I've seen in little uh, art articles, articles here and there. The stage is going to be floating in the middle in front of the Bellagio, um, where they usually do a lot of the the shows out there. And I don't know, that alone is scary to me. But all I care about is will the Eagles make their first round pick be a defensive person because they badly need cornerbacks. And will they keep Jalen Mills or trade him? Or will they uh, trade Sidney Jones? Because even though he made an impact at the end of these games and kept the, the Eagles, obviously, um, in that Dallas game, um, I think the reality of the situation is that they can very much keep them too and then just manage to let go of Malcolm and let him walk because they may decide to get another veteran that could uh, plug up the middle a lot better than Malcolm could. Um, Me personally, I think it would be stupid to let Malcolm go. I do feel like he was a very consistent leader. Yeah, he may not have been there at key moments, but I don't think he was as as, uh, miserable as he probably came off to some people because, you know, they know his age and, you know, they kept getting beat no matter what. Avante was put in a lot of predicaments he didn't need to be in because he wasn't really a nickel, Um, especially after watching that Packers game on the Amazon Prime special. um, A lot of those touchdowns that the Packers even got was because Avante was out of position. And then when he got injured, it was even harder for Rasul to even make up for that lack of uh, cover and protection. So um, obviously, um, they're going to keep uh, Jim, what's his name? Oh my God, coordinator. They're going to keep, uh, and it's, it'll come back to me, but we know who talking. The guy who we always thought was going to really be fired by the end of the year because we felt like defense was always lacking. Um, a lot of the slow starts they had this season, now that I've gone back and been able to stomach every horrible game, um, and then the ones that they did win, it was very hard for Carson to adjust a lot to having different you know, role players uh, taking over the field when he couldn't find them or if he was getting sacked or if he was fumbling the ball. There's a lot of issues I think the team had, and I don't think it just was Carson, but it did affect his performance and his confidence in his players because he didn't know who was really out there. And then when the ones that were out there weren't good enough or couldn't get open quick enough, um, Zach got hurt eventually. And then, um, Dallas Goddard, if he wasn't effective one moment, he was dropping the ball the next. He didn't have as productive of the year as he did his rookie season, but um, I think Dallas will be fine. I think Dallas is definitely a great um, addition to Zach. I wouldn't want Zach to be traded either because I think Zach is pretty much your only vet performance out there that can consistently play. And even with a lacerated kidney and a broken lower back um, or fracture in his back, um, Zach pretty much is a hero for the end of that season is as as undeserving as the Eagles were to lose so so suddenly pretty much game was over before it started and that Seahawks game once Carson was down um they fought with a lot of new faces I mean Greg Ward definitely put himself at least at the one or two roster of wide receivers definitely top three um hopefully Corey will be back and join Jordan Howard as well as 
uh, Miles Sanders back in the lineup and maybe we think they can unleash a three-headed monster when, you know, wide receivers are not getting open. Um, hopefully J.J. Arthega will be able to redeem himself from a crappy rookie year um, and not understanding the plays and knowing where he had to be. Um, and hopefully uh, Alshon will be that vet force as well as Deshaun when the rookies still have or the new guys still have issues because not every game is going to be easy for them. But um, Alshon definitely and Deshaun will blaze the way. Deshaun will have to hold it down while Alshon is out. And I'm sure Deshaun will probably be the only one mostly getting the balls anyway because he'll be 100 um, percent, Lord willing. But I think he's making a, an effort even since he's been out of surgery uh, three months ago to make sure that his body feels as good as he can possibly feel at his age, at the young age of 33 or 32, I think he is. But either way, Deshaun is basically what we've been waiting for, for this offense to gel. And without him, Carson obviously went into kind of a phase where he did not know where to throw the ball. And I think it, it took him about maybe most of the season to figure out it was okay to throw the ball away if there was nothing there. And it's very hard for Carson to kind of be like that because he is very, 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 uh, he's very determined to always be that guy to make a play. And I think he realized it um, after last year that he can't always make those plays happen. If it's not there, it's just not there. Obviously, injury was a, was a, a factor. So it seems like a lot of the new coach hirings and medical staff hirings are going to be people of uh, a lot of knowledge and prominence and probably will be the answer to why the Eagles had so many freak accidents that went uh, longer than they needed to be as far as recovery. Um, I don't see the same freakish things happening this year, but you just don't know. Um, but at least we know we have a staff of people, especially one guy I know they got either from the Vikings or from another team that is specializing in sports science. So if that's really what we need to get back into that kind of Chip Kelly thing where even if that was a horrible period with Chip Kelly the first year wasn't and a lot of the players rarely got hurt to the point where it fe- it affected the roster it just was a weaker roster because he got rid of the uh, LaShawn and Deshaun by the end of that first year but it wasn't because of injury so you have to admit that whatever Chip's theory of keeping guys healthy and um uh motivated it was definitely working for those years in like, I guess, 2010, 2011. So I think that theory is going to have to resurface to keep Doug's team um, available. And you want to have the problem of having so many bodies that you don't know who to use, because I think that's a good problem for when, you know, uh, November and December hit. And that's usually when all the injuries pop up. But having to start off the season with like half your roster is ridiculous. I mean, by week three, this team became unrecognizable with when they had a beautiful uh, roster from preseason on. Now, what I hope they will do is by week three, like they normally do, or whatever week it is, um, they need to have at least the full staff play half a half a uh, half a series or no half a the first half is what I mean, because normally they would have that game before the last game where nobody plays and it's just rookies. They didn't do that last year, and I think they were worried about Carson being a risk, but I don't think he ended up being the problem, which is how the irony seemed to play out a lot the rest of the year. Like, the only time that Carson even got hit was in his postseason, his first postseason game, and he gets knocked out. 
after nine plays, which again, not his fault. Maybe not smart to take that uh, sack, but he'd been taking sacks all year because if he wasn't doing that, he was holding on to the ball or if he was fumbling. So that was just going to be probably an either another fumble. It was going to probably be another sack. Unfortunately, that sack took a hard hit and that's what happened. And that's probably why they didn't find Clowney because they probably figured he's always doing that. He's always taking sacks and they thought maybe he was just trying to get a first down and he didn't seem as woozy as when he got up, but he had a lot of grass and dirt in his uh, helmet. So he definitely ate some of the turf, which should have shown how low he ended up being. Um, Hopefully that'll be the only concussion he will ever suffer. Because I think at this point now, he's even tired of having to be in protocol and always having to be pulled off the field. So another thing that he's trying to do is think on his feet, be quick, but at the same time, be smart. And I think for Carson, that's hard sometimes with that balance, depending on how the O-line is protecting. And if the O-line is not protecting and he doesn't have time to even think about releasing the ball, instead of his first instinct to throw it, his instinct is to hold onto the ball. And I think this year, maybe he might learn to just toss it, you know, or just let it go ahead of him. And if he risks an interception, oh, well, I don't think he cares that much about not having as many interceptions as much as making a play or throwing it away. And I just hope this year he'll just be totally out of his head and just let God use him because I think whatever he was trying to do this year could have worked had not most of his team gotten hurt. So I think he was willing to be, um, I would, I think he was willing to be the quarterback he wanted to be this year, but circumstances just became insurmountable, but they weren't, they weren't not, they weren't unachievable because they made it to a first round playoff, which a lot of people didn't think they were going to do by the by like mid-season um once Deshaun went down and then Alshon went out uh towards like week 11 or week 10 or something like that um I think it was obvious that the team was not going to be able to survive with uh the starters so that's a blessing that Carson made it through 16 games so he's accomplished that so now we got to get him past the postseason game one so now he's got to get past that and I have a feeling if that's the case then Super Bowl bound No matter where the Super Bowl is next year, Carson's going. Because I think that at this point, he already knows what his hurdles are. And he sees he can't control um, anybody getting injured, even himself. But if it's something that you can be able to just be sidelined for a week or two, and everybody can just step up where they need to go, the next man up mentality is just going to have to be the way to go. I mean, you can't stop injuries, but hopefully this team will know how to help players recover a little faster. Um, some injuries seem like they were probably just misdiagnosed. And then some players, I think they just didn't need to use because they weren't effective anyway. Um, I hope Corey doesn't, um, end up getting traded or released or whatever, because I think that he's still an asset, especially after seeing the rerun of the Super Bowl. And I know it was three years ago now, but I do think that Corey has a, a good role playing role, um, in the offense if they use him right. And if they allow him to kind of just run up the middle or on the sides and let Miles learn how to break tackles and then have Jordan run whatever he can when Mark, when Miles needs a rest or kind of warm himself up as Miles finishes the rest in the end of the game. I don't know how they can do it, but it can be done. Um, now, going back to the Sixers, I just want redemption for this team because there's they're starting to become the same Uh, distractions that were distracting the Eagles this year and even though the Eagles did make the first round they had to overcome a lot of doubters especially myself there were times where you just thought 
this team's not going to make it. And I'm feeling that way with the Sixers right now. I don't think they're going to make even the first round because they don't seem to have enough uh, belief in themselves as a team. And it just seems like Brett Brown has run out of ideas. Um, He's still having issues with knowing who to play and who not to play. And even with the recent trades of Ennis and Kylo Quinn and um, Kylo Quinn, Ennis and Trey Burke being released, I think that it became obvious that he wasn't making use of the extra legs that he had, but also they had to make a move because there were guys on the bench that just weren't getting any time. Um, Trey, one of them. And then when he did, he didn't really make a, a ripple effect, but when he did his threes, he was on fire. And I felt like he was one of those players that they could have used a lot more earlier than the fourth quarter. And Brett just isn't good at learning how to think on his feet. Um, there's a weird transition period now with Tobias where a lot of people are wishing that Jimmy would have stayed, even myself. But I didn't, I don't hate Tobias. I don't think he wasn't worth the money. I just think that's the result of where he was in his career, that there's no way that that money wasn't going to go to him if Jimmy uh, had taken it. So I think that Jimmy already knew what he was going to do, and he was just using Philly as kind of a pit stop. Now, had things worked in his favor and Brett had adjusted to him, vice versa, um, he'd probably still be here. But it wouldn't have made a difference because something else would probably would have ruined it. Eventually, maybe him and Joel wouldn't have gotten along because the things that Joel have been showing in his attitude in between the time that he plays like a monster um, is starting to make a lot of the fan base wonder if we have the wrong guy. But we always get like that midseason and that's just because they're not winning on the road and they're not winning consistently. But it is an issue with Joel that you realize... This dude has only been in the game for like less than 12 years. He hasn't been doing this since he was born. So his body has not really adjusted consistently to the grind of an 82 game season. The fact that he does need work, you know, load management, it just shows that his body was not originally built for basketball. But when he is on point, he's on point. And even though we don't want to say it now and admit it now because he's not really showing a lot of leadership, because he broke his finger and he's still trying to, you know, he's still trying to use it as a crutch as to why he doesn't go to the basket as much or at least defend as much. Um, it just makes you wonder why he's even going in. And then the whole issue with Al, you know, Horford. I mean, he was supposed to be such a blessing as Joel's backup and then as an addition to Joel, but it just seems like sometimes Al is showing his age or he's just not um, producing like he should or like he normally did in Boston. So now the issue is, do we mess up with Al? You know, and if you ask the Twitterverse, we're all kind of day, night and day with every opinion, every game. There are just games I don't even bother watching because I don't have faith that they're going to win. And especially when they're on the road, it's hard to watch because you already see them losing leads quickly before the third or during the third. And then you just kind of know where it's going to go. Their energy is never the same on the road. I don't know if, you know, because of the winter season and the weather is being so inconvenient and inconsistent that it's causing a lot of, uh, I don't know, drop in production. I mean, Mike hasn't been Mike since he came on the team, but he has moments and those moments are now becoming so far far in between. I'm missing when he even hits a three. I'm just hearing people say it or tweet it, but I'm not actually physically seeing it. So as much as I love him, I know that they're probably not gonna bring him back once his, his year is up, but I do think that him being a bench player, he's gonna just be a bench player. Um, it seemed like when they did make him start a few times, it worked. 
it got him out of the funk. But then the last few times, I think I remember him starting, he didn't really do much. Um, so I think it's just spacing. I don't know why the spacing thing is still an issue for professional basketball, but for some reason, our team cannot figure out the chemistry and how it works. And it's obvious that part of the problem is Ben not shooting, but is Ben doing other great things? Yes. And that's something I've been saying all season. Like it's not saying he's a waste. It's not saying he's not going to last on this team. He's just not going to live up to the expectations that a lot of people have for him, um, after year, after year three. So Ben is just going to be Ben. And part of the problem is the fact that he won't adjust to that um, and and be a shooting guard. But if they find out that these two new uh, additions end up kind of taking over, it won't be a problem. Um, A lot of the things that the the Sixers were able to hide with uh, Joel and Ben and their uh, flaws couldn't be hid this year. And I think that's another reason why everyone's feeling so... Uh, duped into what they thought Joel and Ben were because there were a lot of sins that were hidden just like with the Eagles with the Super Bowl a lot of stuff that didn't work before showed their butts several times the following two seasons so when you don't have a stable team it'll show in all the issues and the mistakes that constantly creep up and that means that there are some players that are contributing to that and they need to either go or they need to adjust their game so the ones that don't stay usually are the ones you want to stay, but it's a salary thing. And the ones that you don't really care for end up staying because nobody else on another team wants them. So as easy as it's, it was for certain people to say, you know, trade Mike Scott and get rid of this guy. And, you know, me personally, I'd rather have him trade Furkan. I think he's doing so well that they could get something for him now. Um, since, uh, Coach Brown was insistent on making him a part of the starting five for most of the season, which confused the hell out of us. But now you see it's it's showing that he's been working on his defense and he can definitely hit um, about 30 points with all those threes easy in a game. But you put him against some real competition, just like Ben, for can disappear on you. So Tobias as well, which is a problem. There's just too many guys that seem to fade when they get challenged more than once. So the problem is we need to have that backbone in this team again, that dog. And a lot of these guys never really had it to begin with until they were challenged, until they were criticized. And if it takes someone like Charles Barkley to say you guys are the mentally most mentally weak team in the NBA, then cheers to Charles. But at the time, did it sound harsh? Yes, it sounded harsh. But a lot of fans can't really disagree because we're not seeing a lot of the the tough, bad, bully ball guys that we thought um, were on this team. So it's just a little dissuade, um, disappointing as a fan and um, a letdown because, you know, here we are waiting for the Phillies to start, but there's not a lot of people who even really care what the Phillies are going to do until the season starts in April. So there's a lot of downtime where it's either college basketball you're watching or uh, soccer or golf, but there's this month and a half where it's just there's really nothing to talk about but rumors trades actual staff changes you know actual players you know where's Tom Brady going is he staying in Boston or is he going to Dallas now is the latest rumor that Michael Irvin wanted to put out there which I think is highly wrong I I seriously doubt that they're going to get rid of Dak um Dak will get franchised and he'll just suffer there for another year unless they get further than what they've done um like second round in playoffs and then They'll see what happens. But I think Tom is either going to go to the Chargers or Tom is going to go somewhere like, 
I don't know. Maybe he'll go to Miami and move Fitzpatrick over and have him be a backup to him. But, or I don't know. I can just picture Tom going somewhere where it's warm and either west or south. I don't see him playing on anywhere on the east unless it's he's staying with the Patriots. But it seems like the relationship between him and Belichick, if you ask the both of them, has kind of grown apart. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't really care where Brady goes because no matter where he goes, he's not going to be the same player. But he's still obviously an accurate um, legend of a quarterback. But I don't think he'll ever be the Brady, obviously, that won all six rings, um, whether they were given to him or not. Um, So I think at this point, watching and, and trying to be observant of our Philly team's and the ones that we're most passionate about. I mean, yay for the Flyers. You know, they'll most likely, I don't know. I I'd, I wouldn't be shocked if the, if the Flyers win their division as well. But I don't know if that means they're going to hit to the Stanley Cup finals. But I do think they have learned from their past uh, staffing issues and injuries and coaching decisions and front office decisions. And maybe the Flyers will rejuvenate themselves from their postseason till the next season for them because right now it just seems like the Flyers have learned a lot from what wasn't being done on their end and now the Sixers just have to prove that they can get to where they were and further and right now it does not look like the confidence is there um Eagles didn't look like that way either I mean come December we all thought that they were going to be eliminated but they ended up fighting and they got into that last two division games and won even if one was overtime with the Giants, which shouldn't have happened, but that's how hard it was for them to maintain a flow on offense and defense. And defense was a liability as well, and I think that's another reason why watching All or Nothing this this season was kind of hard because, you know, a lot of those games weren't always Carson's fault. Um, The Seahawks game and the Patriots game were throwaways. I didn't think that after the bye they were going to win any of those, but to know that they were only down a touchdown between the two of them, it was just annoying because if that was the case they could have went in on Brady and they could have they could have shut that game down but uh they don't have their same wheels and without their same guys blocking and Carson not trusting and having moments of doubt in his play it just showed how unsure he was of himself as a quarterback and he had a vulnerable moment more than once but to know that he made the postseason finally and shut all the haters down and got himself an NFC East title now he just got to be an MVP champion of the NFC, uh, well, NFL. That's the goal. So, because we all think he's MVP status. And he, the fact that he hasn't done it yet is what's making everybody wonder if that title is given too prematurely. I personally don't. I think he's, he's what the Eagles need. And he's a good story. But until he actually gets there, it's going to be a process. And like everything in Philly, the process is painful and it tries our patience as fans (laughs) so yes we are impatient but I think we have every reason to be but yes are we dramatic yes I mean the more I watch the Amazon series I realize how annoying our fan base can be especially sports radio and how much we really are dramatic week to week with every game but we live and die with our teams and literally we talk life and death so I think at this point this season I think everybody should learn that not every week means it's going to determine the future. If there's anything game by game, there's always another game um, until there isn't any. 
And right now the Sixers still have some life and they can own their mid-Atlantic division if they really try, but Toronto's own and everything. They're pretty much have won like 14 games straight. So Toronto's still going to be a bear. And until they can beat them in Toronto, which they almost did again, (sighs) that's going to be their Achilles heel, just like the Seahawks is for the Eagles. So that's all my thoughts for right now. I mean, I pretty much had spoken about my highlights of the video. I mean, Amazon did a very good job in that edit. And um, but I think the funniest thing was watching Avante and uh, Dallas Goddard and their friendship in between games or in between weeks where they didn't play. And it's nice to see other guys show their opinion about how fans treat them and how they're thankful. But yet they're, they have to take it with a grain of salt when fans hate them. Howie too, because Howie's, you know, he's getting buried right now. And we understand now why Howie is, is a businessman and he doesn't keep it too personal, but he, he knows this year he's got to work a lot harder. And that's why it's good to know that Connor Barwin, Brent Selleck and Darren Sproles will all be consultants. So hopefully that'll influence how they decide the players that end up on the roster by the end of the NFL draft. And hopefully we'll have some new exciting faces to talk about and honestly have a more promising preseason. That's all I care about. So hopefully all these new additions and coaches and all the other coaches that were brought on with or without an offensive coordinator, I think Doug just doesn't want too many people in his ear. And I think he decided that he didn't really need it. And hopefully that'll be a good decision. And hopefully um, the offense won't look so confused. Because there were times, too, during games, I think they highlighted on the Amazon special that the offense did look confused. And I don't even think that had just to do with uh, the staffing. I just think sometimes play calling got confused. So hopefully this year will be a lot more less cobwebs and more action and more um, just smooth play. I mean, if there's anything you watch about the replay from the Super Bowl is that they just had smooth play. Even when plays didn't work, it was just you know, next play coming, you know, no stalling. And the Philly special was pretty much the highest bar they could live up to. I mean, you know, most of this season past, the Eagles got played by a lot of people's trick plays instead of their own. So they got tricked like three or four times this year. And so that shouldn't be the case. So next year, it's time for Doug to take over for the trick plays and have them work and have guys just be ready and have the rookies know what the hell they're doing early. So... But here's to the future, and like I said, we got to ride this Sixer season out and hope that they can do a total 180 when it matters in March and be able to play through May and June. So to all those who are doubting, you know what it's like to be a Philly fan. You, you bleed your teams, but you also know that it, there's never a dull moment and there's always going to be another game. So try to keep your head up, folks. Entertain the ups and downs, but don't take it too seriously. Life is not to meant be not meant to be that serious. And it's 2020. I mean, we have to know now how hard we believe in things and then find out later that it's totally opposite every time. So nothing you tweet, nothing you write, nothing you blog about, nothing you say in a video ever holds water because you know, life's just gonna do what it's gonna do. So thanks for listening to my thoughts. Uh Birds of a Feather will return. Once it is, uh, let me see, probably All-Star Weekend. I'll, I'll make another blog because I know that that's probably going to be a interesting time to have Team LeBron versus Team Giannis and Ben and Joel on different teams. So we'll see how this turns out. And hopefully 
we'll be all able to critique how Dame Lillard, Lillard is going to rap because apparently he's going to perform. So that'll be interesting. And I don't know, just in general, to see if All-Star lives up to the hype that it hasn't really had in a while. And uh, maybe they'll do some different things like the Pro Bowl was, or at least had trying to do with the NFL. So we'll see what happens. Thanks for listening. If you still are, you know, holler at me if you want to on girlyvirgo78 on Twitter. And uh, I don't know, ajones4078 at Gmail if you really want to holler. Other than that, thanks for listening to Birds of a Feather. Support hashtag ladies who podcast. Check out my girl Breezy. Check out all those who have uh, the Philly podcast. Check out uh, Inside the Birds and um, plenty of other sports fun podcasts out there on Spotify as well as on Anchor. All right. Thanks for listening. And AJ's Suburban Princess, I'm out. Have a good time. Take care.